Well, thank you for joining us today. And we are loving the focus that we are taking in 2022 of mentoring. The focus is on mentoring. And we've touched base in our module about loving God. And we focus on the scripture in Matthew 23. Well, actually, sorry, Matthew 22. Love Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And I have been loving, as we've been diving into the loving God content, I'm loving what God is doing in my own heart. Love being the key word. And today we're going to continue in a part two about loving God. The last one is about loving God, and we just opened that up. Today we're going to talk about loving God with our heart. And so I think this would be fun really to dive in today, but to open, I think when we're talking about love, let's to open up with love languages. I mean, this is a book I think we read in our pre-marriage class. This goes, this is an older book, but a classic and it's timeless. It's, it actually is ageless. It's amazing. So if you've never read um, love, The Love Languages by Gary Chapman, right? It's Gary Chapman. Just to remember for a second. Gary Chapman, it's worth the read. And it's kind of a, it's just a really neat, light read about the love languages of your life. So Lori, let's unpack a little bit of that and how the love languages work in your life and what your love languages are and how you give and receive. No, yes, how you give and receive love. Give and receive love. Yeah, yeah. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, affection, touch, physical touch, gifts, gifts, generosity, um, acts of service, and quality time. So those are the ones that are listed in the books. And actually, you know, this book really does resonate. Like if you've never read it, it's it's worth a, it's worth it a read because they really do touch on sort of you know, how we're prone to both give and to receive love. And so I think it would be fun to kind of unpack each one of these and our relationship with them and (laughs) (laughs) which ones. Okay. And those that are listening, we're not looking for a psychology review after Ah! this. I'm sure if you have any background, you're gonna be like, I know why you're doing that. We're not doing that. Oh Oh, gosh. Are you a little scared, Rhonda? (laughs) Yeah. Because vulnerability is something I have to be very intentional about. Oh my gosh. And we're talking about the heart today. So that's (laughs) never easy. No, that's never an easy space. I know. Okay. So now we have to dig deep, Rhonda, you and I, we've got to dig deep. We got to get past the surface, dig deep into the heart space. All right. Loving God with all of your heart. All right. Let's start here. So words of affirmation. Yes or no? Oh, yes. Okay. And how do you love to give? Do you love to receive? I love to give words of affirmation. Okay receiving words of affirmation is very difficult for me. And you know, my kids actually pointed this out to me. Okay. I am very much a words person in the sense, if I see you do something, I will go and tell you how much you mean and why. And I love to encourage, but the girls will tell me my daughters, when I say the girls, my daughters were telling me the probably like about a year ago, they were like, mom, you give so many compliments to us and you encourage us. And as soon as we tell you something, you'll be like, ah, no, and you'll totally like make it small. Like you'll just diminish it. And I was like, I don't do that. Right away, the next time they encouraged me, I did it. And they, they're like, see? And I was like, oh my goodness. It was something like, oh mom, I love your outfit. And I was like, oh guys, you're just saying that. Like something like that. They were like, see mom, you do that. So I actually love to give, but to receive very hard. It's very hard. So, so interesting. Well, I would you? agree with that because anytime I try to gas you up, you're like, oh, <laughs> thank you. And literally you've just gassed me up for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Rhonda. <laughs> you're amazing. Gosh. You're amazing. Should I gas you up right now? No, that's really Let's talk about you in words of affirmation. <laughs> Let's talk about you. you. Oh, so funny. Eh? So funny. Well, I do love to give out words of affirmation as well. Um, 
Yeah, you're probably like a 10 in words of affirmation and I'm like a seven. But you know what? I still love to, you know, just use my words to encourage people. And when I see somebody doing something, you know, amazing, just love to be able to tell them and remind them of of that. It is a beautiful thing. I do like to receive words of affirmation. It's funny because when I was younger, probably till I was about 30, I hated it. Like I like, don't like, don't do it. I don't believe you, whatever you're saying. Like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't need it. But when I probably somewhere like around my middle age, I started to like desire to just, I don't know, something about the acknowledgement or something about just being affirmed that like I'm doing the right thing or that, you know, the decisions I'm making are wise or like okay or right. Do you know what I mean? Just looking for a little. And it's funny because it wasn't, it wasn't coming from insecurity. In fact, it was kind of the opposite. It was like I was trying to get okay with being able to receive words of affirmation. Now, I'd say, um, I don't think it's a core way that I receive love, but I do, I am trying to be able to receive it and take it inside. But it's so funny that you, that you say like what the girls, you know, what the girls said to you, because, you know, recently, you know, they were, I don't know, they were giving me a compliment too. Mom, you're so this, you're so that, whatever. You're so cool, mom. You're so pretty. Like all these like things. And I'm like, are you making fun of me right now? Like, are you literally making fun of me? Like I, I am not. I've done the same thing. I could tell. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, are you making fun of me? Like I, and they're like, mom, no, I'm literally not making fun of you. I'm like, you're making fun of me, aren't you? Like I literally thought they were being oh like, God. do you know what I mean? Like, mom, you're so young looking. And I'm like, no, I I look like I am I you know anyways so funny isn't that funny that you do that so sweet like they actually are sweet and they love us and we are like surprised by that I know (laughs) we're like really well we hear them like all their witty sarcasm and so I can't always tell yeah so I can't always tell anyways but it's interesting when that happens it is it's very interesting yeah it is okay affection and touch okay this one to me is the lowest okay I actually don't need it or love it. I'm a, now I'm affectionate person in the sense of I'm not cold or don't love. I love hugs. I love a warm, more greeting warmth. I love all that, but I don't need a lot of constant like touching or caring or like affection. So like, yeah, I'll hold my kids hands or Jay's hands or, you know, hug them all of that. And I love when I see people to hug them. I'm a hugger for sure. And I love hugs, but I'm not the kind to like, snuggle like you know people sleep and snuggle or on a couch the whole time or to be needing that I I don't actually need that or enjoy that I kind of do like my space like if I'm watching a movie with all my own blankets and my own pillow (laughs) leave me alone yeah but I don't like (laughs) even in our family we're affectionate but we're not like real that's not a probably for any for myself or the girls the highest like on the highest level but definitely I give it and receive it, but it's probably in the lower end as, as far as. Okay. So do you hug for you or do you hug for them? That's a good question. I think both because okay. I've always been a hugger. Okay. Like always. So you, you like a nice hug. If someone comes in for a hug, you love I that. I love a hug. And you're going for the hug because you want to make them feel absolutely. special. I love it. I okay. absolutely love it. I think it's very rare I don't hug somebody if they yeah. come in my house yeah. or 
very rare. I'll always hug. Or if I say goodbye, I'll give yeah. a hug. It's just almost like this part of how I've grown up. Like you hug when you say hello, goodbye. Okay. Girls it's wake up. Greeting. We always hug each other. Okay. They go to bed or they leave. It's always like that almost attached with greeting. But just to sit and hold each other <laughs> doesn't happen. And even Jay, he's so... Honestly, he loves Hallmark, okay? Like, I'm, and I can shout out him because he is super proud about it. So it, I'm not embarrassing yeah, him here. Yeah, He loves Hallmark. He's he a was romantic. A f- he's a romantic. First one in our house that started watching Hallmarks. He, the other night, he was up till like two in the morning watching a Hallmark movie. Oh told me all gosh. about it for breakfast. I'd much wa- rather watch an Avenger movie than ever watch So a you're Hallmark. watching Die Hard and he's watching <laughs> the Hallmark movie. <laughs> totally, there you go. <laughs> so, but he loves affection, you know, so... I will hold his hand, but then once it gets a little sweaty, I have to pull my hand away. Like, but he would hold my hand. He is so sweet. So honestly, I've had to grow a little bit in that area, but he's also recognizes that it's not my number one gift. So we have to find the compromise. Yeah, it's yeah. Not. And how about for you? Language. Yeah. Let's move this. Let's, I'm going to punt <laughs> this one over to you now. She's like, how are you with affection? I mean, I think with my kids, like I was super, super affectionate and nurturing. Like as I grew up, like I love cuddles. I would hold them as long as I possibly can rock them to sleep every single night. Like just yeah. love that kind yeah. of like lovey dovey affection. But again, like in a general sense, no, we're not overly physically affectionate all the time. Um, and in fact, like I wouldn't even say that we we don't even hug at like as a greeting either. So I wouldn't even necessarily give my kids a hug every single day, probably like definitely every week for sure. A couple of times, a variety of them. Um, some of my kids are more affectionate than others. Uh, some are less affectionate than others and so are more comfortable, you know, in that kind of space. Jay and I would be more affectionate privately. Yes. We're not really PDA kind of people. And yeah. we've never really been overly affectionate in front of our kids, which... I don't know why it wasn't an intentional decision. It's just kind of how it, how it's been, but I feel a bit bad because I feel like they haven't got like a visual representation of like the tender side of our relationship. But if we're on the couch or something, like we'll cuddle, you know, rub each other's arms, things like that. And, and, and I like that kind of affection, but I wouldn't say we're a crazy overly affectionate, nor is, would that be like a number one love language for me now? Probably for Jay, that would be higher up on his love languages, but he wouldn't be looking for that like 24 seven or anything. It's not like he's looking for that. He's just looking for some moments of touch and affection throughout the day. Yeah, I know. It's an interesting thing, affection, eh? because, you know, it also depends. Some people that if it's a love language, you need it. It's not because you're necessarily needy. That's a way of receiving and giving love. It really is attached to that, too. Like It's affirming to be able to receive that. Yeah. So. So it's not even like you don't love to give affection it's just that's never really been like something i shouldn't say never been it's not something i naturally like i feel really loved when someone hugs and holds me some people do i just that's not but there's other things we're going to go through that definitely would be like high on the list for me yeah but jay you know he has taught me because i came from a home that i i don't even know if i really my parents were had very loving home but not affectionate that just and that's just how our, our house was but super loving but in different ways like we're going to talk about the list and so I grew up not really having that and not really needing it like feeling like I had to have that but always you uh, received love in other ways in other and ways so totally yeah but I was always huggy which is interesting with greeting I don't okay. know what it was I remember always being like that 
all like as church anywhere I went, I would hug somebody. Go to school, I'd hug them if I saw them. Like hi, they give a big hug. I've been like that forever. But when I married Jay, he's super. Came from a very affectionate home, and they're very physically affectionate, publicly affectionate, like in a beautiful way. And so Jay, like even now, like he definitely is very intentional to kiss me and to hug me. I mean, the he's now doesn't do this any longer. Well, he may do it next time just for fun. But when we go to weddings. I want to die a thousand deaths because he's often the MC at weddings. And you know when they used to have like you have to kiss and the bride and groom have to copy? He would call me up. I would want to die every time. He every loves that. He, he loves that PDA. He loves it. And he and thinks I, it's so funny too. It's so funny. So he kind of loves it in front of the kids in a very moderate, like he'll kiss me and then he'll hold me longer and he'll like to hear feel me squirm a little bit like, okay. And I'll give that awkward pat like, okay, thanks, babe. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thanks, babe. He loves it. He finds it kind of funny, but not to torment, but he, like, he kind of yeah, loves that. Like, yeah, yeah. Just like, nope, he's nope. Break, he's breaking down your walls. <laughs> yeah, he's holding yeah. you in that hug a little longer. I think longer. that's what it is. And it probably has. Like, thank goodness. Because it's at a perfect moderate amount. It's it's good. But honestly, at a wedding, don't even. If we're invited, just know. I've already laid the rule down. So do you even think it's going to happen? I told him the last time, and he did the big dip. And I was like, I wanted to just run out of the room. Like, that to me, I get so, I just don't love that. I was like, babe. You can't do that anymore. Like you can't take advantage of the mic. You can't do that anymore. I don't like that. Anyways, that's a side story, a funny side story. That's oh, it. that is so cute. I okay, know. gifts, gifts and generosity. Where would that be on oh. your giving or receiving? You know, I, I don't think I love, I think Lori, we're very similar. We love to give gifts because it's fun and joyful and especially birthdays and Christmases and making, it's more about the experience. So I don't know necessarily if it's about the gifts as it's about creating something and that gifts is a part of that. So I would say it's probably in the middle. It's not the lowest, but it's definitely probably the middle. Um, receiving gifts. Yeah, like I, but it's not so just gifts, it's thoughtfulness. It's more for me thoughtfulness. It's not even so much the, the amount of gifts or even the price tag on a gift. It's thoughtful. Because someone could buy me something expensive. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not nice, but I'm like just a gift... No, but gift. if someone like put your favorite chocolate bar on your desk, exactly. You'd be like, wow, that's what I mean. Like the thoughtfulness so nice. of it is more that, like the yeah, the personal yeah. touch of a yeah, gift yeah. is what touches me more yeah. than just gifts itself. Or I don't feel like if I buy gifts for my kids, I'm showing them love. It's more like I'm creating an experience at Christmas or their birthday as part of it to make them feel the whole package is making them feel seen and loved. And the gifts are personal, right? It's not just random gifts. It's like very personal, like. And it, for one child, it's a lot of little things because knowing how they are. For my other child, it might be one or two bigger things, knowing how like, but it's about that. So I would say it's probably linked to my other spiritual gift that's really dominant that we're going to talk about soon. But I, I feel like it's a middle. How about for you? Yeah. No, I could, I would describe it very similarly. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, like I can receive a gift, but it isn't necessarily like, received as like oh you love me so much that you gave me this gift like i i just am so i'm so grateful and yeah, like yeah. feel blessed but not necessarily like wow like this is how much this person loves me um and same like i don't necessarily need super expensive gifts i mean my taste is getting a little more expensive <laughs> my, bu my bougie taste my christmas list this year i've never made a christmas list you made a christmas I've list i've never made a christmas list but this like last christmas i did i made 
made a, a little list and so yeah but anyway oh, i know well, when so your kids fun. are older and they're yeah. living at home and oh, working and they're so like fun i was like hey why not but uh but no typically really i'm not i'm not really i'm not really that big into gifts and take it or leave it all good but i do love i do love to give a nice gift but yeah. it's not like i don't go out of my way looking for opportunities to give gifts do you know what i mean yeah there are people you meet and you're like oh, oh you have a gift oh for sure giving gifts for sure. like and you love it and you're always thinking about other people looking for ways to give gifts like you can just see that oh. gift that love language come out my mother is that oh see? my mother That's we joke so there's a there's a store in the city called plato's closet we joke that there's phase closet my mom all year i promise you she shops and puts stuff in her closet Aww. for gifts randomly she'll bring this beautiful gift basket she'll hear about something and she always like cannot wait to give something so even when she's shopping she's always thinking of like oh if a baby is born or if someone gets married or for the next birthday or she'll see something special she is face closet i mean so i i might sweet. have i might have taken some gifts from there to give to others that i've been like you're mom like, you're like can i come over and look in your closet <laughs> or i'll say like man i've been looking for this and my mom shows up at the door with it i'm like how did you have that Aww. and she's like you could give this like i had it it was just in the closet it's in face closet so anyways good to know face my know. neighbor so maybe i should <laughs> stop by seriously <laughs> Hey, I need a little. <laughs> we joke about it all the time. Face closet. Face closet is what you need. Amazing. Anyways, it is oh, amazing. That's funny. Okay. Well, the next one is acts of service. So that's another okay. one. Yeah. Acts of service. And like this is one where, you know, you do things to show that you love. And I, I think, you know, for me, I don't know if it's like a mom thing or I don't know. But like for me, like it is part of the motivation for why I do what I do, even the way that I care for our home, even like making meals for my family or, you know, cleaning the house or keeping the house organized or bringing groceries in the house or, you know, making something look beautiful, like beautifying a room, like getting some new artwork or, you know, changing the decor of like all of it is part of like I like this is a, an actual intentional way that I want to love and honor all of you who live in this space. Like, like, of course, sometimes I complain about it. It's not that it's like I do it with joy every time. Sometimes I'm like, honestly, could someone just put a cup away already? Like, <laughs> what the heck? But, but really like the motive, there is like this internal motive. It's not just, I do it because I have to do it. I do it because like, I want to honor all of you who live in this space. I think part of it too is like when I have people come over, like I want my house to be clean. I want to be prepared. I want to prepare food. I want to, I want you to know that I'm ready to welcome you into this space. And that's part of how I'm loving you and how, you know, I show you that I care about you being here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like a, it doesn't come from like a, I, I'm trying to make things look perfect. I, that I just want you to know that I have actually intentionally put time into preparing for you to come. And I, I just, that, that one is for me, like a way that I show people that I love them. Yeah, I would, I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. That would be one of my top ones. Yeah. Would be, yeah, gifts of service, like words of affirmation, but gifts of service would probably be my top, my top word. Yeah, same thing. I know being a mom, we're in that season where it is a lot of that, but it is a joy in my heart too definitely like you said it doesn't come without you know we're just moms and there's lots of <laughs> chaos and clean i would say oh turf gosh. feet and smelly socks and oh my sports equipment and turf dragged through my house and dogs and 
don't get me wrong. There's lots of times, but for the most part, I love, I love looking after my family. Like, like, like you said, when it's their birthday, the, the gifts are a part of an acts of service. Like it's part of like, I'm creating something for you that you just get like to I've come into. I've done this for you. Yeah. It's not about the money I spent. No, it's that I've exactly. done this for you. Yeah, the decorations, yeah, the favorite same. food, like you even waking up and just being blessed in the day and yeah. like just feeling like this is for you, yeah. about you. You're the focus. I want you to feel like I'm here. Yeah. And I have to say on the flip side, when my family does that for me, it is one of the greatest gifts. Like if I come home and the girl's like, mom, we're going to make supper tonight. We're going to clean all the dishes. I just, I'm like, you couldn't even buy that. Like that to me is so special too. Or my birthday when they plan a really special day. That's just about doing things for me, like the house cleaning and making my favorite meal and also bringing me my favorite things. Like I love that. Like the thoughtfulness of serving my heart. That's kind of what it is more. It's like they're serving my heart. So I, I would say this one is really, really top for me. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I get really touched as yeah. well with uh, with that and being able to receive that as well. Yeah. yeah, when people do do things like that. It's hard. It is actually a little bit hard for me to receive. And it's sometimes hard for me to ask for help as well, you know, because sometimes you just there's just too much to do and you yeah. need to ask for help. But it's it can be a little bit hard. But but um but yeah it's a beautiful way to it feel is. loved by someone else when they do something for you but i actually like you know it's interesting because jason you know takes care of certain things in the home as well like outdoor things and and just different things we have different roles that you know we primarily take care of but honestly like watching him care for those things also i feel loved by that yeah. Like I do, I feel loved yes. by, you know, it, he takes care of even paying bills, but I feel loved that he's like owning that and taking care of that. I don't have to worry about that. And I don't have to think about it. Like I feel loved by those acts of service and just that care that's put into some of those spaces. So mm. I, yeah, I think this is one as well for me to receive that I really like. And the last one's quality time. And this would definitely be another one for me. Like I do love quality time and I love to give quality time to people. Um, I am a people person. And so I do get energy from being with people and from being like just in relationship, if I have a really meaningful conversation with someone, like it, it rejuvenates me and I can like, I can just go for like a long, long, long time. I know some people are drained by time with people, but I, it, it like gets me really, really, really excited. And so quality time's a huge one. And I do love to invest quality time in people. Um, I love to just sit with my kids for hours and just give them the time. If they want that, if they're, if they're in the space and the headspace, I'll just sit in that moment with them and just love them and just listen and laugh our heads off and just give them that quality time, that, that undivided attention. And I love it. And I do value it as well, but I don't need it as much. It's not like I'm constantly looking for it, but if we are going to have a conversation, like I really don't appreciate somebody doing it like with a phone in their hand. Like if, if it's, if they're distracted, I'll, I don't need that. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't need it. So I'm just going to walk away. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be by mm-hmm. myself yes. than to have a distracted conversation with someone that is, that drives me absolutely insane. Yes. I agree. Do you know what I mean? If you're I sitting totally on the couch with someone agree. and they're like looking at their phone and kind of half talking to you, I'll just, I'll just walk away. I'd rather, yeah. I really enjoy being by myself. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm no, here I, for you. Okay. I don't need, you don't really need me here. So I'm out, out. <laughs> I think honestly, it's kind of weird how similar we are because I give a lot of quality time 
okay. And it, it's not, but I'm a, I'm not as much of a people person as you are, which people so will be very surprised. So you find it a surprised. bit more draining. It's a bit more draining. So when I get home, I do need some downtime, but I also, my family, like I don't need a lot of quality time, but per certain members of my family need more than others. So it just depends on the day, but definitely I give a lot of quality time, but I don't need a lot of quality time myself. So that's something like, you know, it probably is tough for people that are close to me that need quality time because they have to actually ask me for it because I don't necessarily think about it unless it's intentional like with work it's intentional with ministry we do a lot of quality time and I enjoy it I'm not there I love it but like my, my Jay is an extrovert I am more of an introvert so it takes me a little bit when I come home from work to decompress but definitely um yeah it would probably be more given then received and I do enjoy giving that to people because it is a gift it not <laughs> like I am a gift like the quality time <laughs> don't mean it like that if, uh, if I've oh spent some time with God. you you're welcome oh my god you're welcome for doing this oh podcast <laughs> <laughs> that could come across so wrong <laughs> but it's amazing how something can be really natural to give and you really enjoy it but you don't necessarily need a lot of that to feel loved. And I guess that's what I'm saying. It's not that I do it out of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, doing, you a, I'm doing you a favor. It's more like I love to do that for, for, our, for our beautiful. I love our church so much. I love my family. But I don't actually need a lot of that because I'm a bit more introverted that I don't need that. That doesn't necessarily fill my tank or I feel more loved if someone just sits on the couch with me talking with me for a long time. It doesn't make me feel. So it's an interesting thing to even assess what you give, but also how you receive love. Cause they can be very different. And so, and different seasons require different, they do change too. Like acts of service is very high for us right now in our seasons of life. If you have a family at home, it's a high one, but as your kids leave and grow, it may not be another one may elevate. So I think we're talking a little bit today about gifts and how, yeah, recognizing those things in your life. Absolutely. All right. So back to loving God with all of your heart. How do you think, how do you think we actually do that? How do we love God with all of our heart? I mean, we've talked about some of the ways that we give and we receive love. And the reality is that in order to love God with all our heart, we also actually have to be able to love people. Like they, they kind of go hand in hand because part of our devotion to God is also how we treat our brothers and sisters. Like there, it's an outflow of this incredible love first that we've been given, this love that we give back to God, this devotion that we give back to God, but also the outflow of how we love other people. Now, we are in a later podcast going to talk more about loving our neighbor and a little bit get into the, the nitty gritty of that. But how do you think we actually do it? Like, how do we love God with all our heart? What is it that you think God is actually asking us to do in this scripture? What is he asking us to give him when he says, love me with all of your heart? Whew, like that is a, it's a, not of a loaded. It's, we always make things really complicated. It's not complicated. It's literally giving him surrendering. Like what's in our heart space, right? It's, exactly. It's anything in our heart space. First off, it's our life. It's surrendering, yes. laying down our life yes. like to say, I no longer live. You live. You're in charge. Like I am giving up the right. Because we start with giving our heart to Jesus, exactly. right? Like we use that expression. The Bible doesn't describe it that way. Like we give our heart to Jesus. It doesn't say it in that way, but we kind of describe it like that. Like yep. we surrender our heart, like our everything, our literal life. Like our heart is where our heartbeat, where 
the blood pumps through and keeps us alive. So it's literally the very lifeblood of our of our being, of who we are, of everything we love, of all of our feelings, our emotions, our passions. Mm-hmm. It's like being able to give those to God. That's exactly all of it. The will, the desires, the everything is kind of in that heart space. I love that in Proverbs 6 when it talks about guard your heart from out of it flows the springs of life. It, like you said, it really is that life space. So it's giving him our life, giving him that life space and all the things that linger there, good, bad, the ugly, all of it, it's giving him that heart space. So that's the first step is giving him that. And then from that, I think when we recognize that God now owns that space, like he literally resides and owns it, part of loving God is responding to his heart in our life, like what he desires, what he, because he says, you show me you love me by obeying me. So part of this, how do we show God we love him? Is by obeying him. And how do you obey him? Listen, follow. It's all those things like you now are the king. This is your residence. I keep fighting for ownership and that's the daily struggle is that we keep fighting for back to be in charge, ownership. But when we continually surrender daily to him owning and residing, then we respond to him by loving him, by obeying his voice. And I think it's that simple. He says that that's how you show me you love me. (laughs) Obey me. Like, follow me. If I tell you to do something, do it. If you don't, repent. Let's, my mercy's new. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's kind of, that would be my answer to that. How about you, Lori? And I love, I love how we started with um, all of the love languages because, like, <laughs> yeah. these are all practical ways that we give and receive love. But I, I, I really do believe that part of the call to love God with all our heart is to actually lay down how we naturally just give and receive love and actually give ourselves over to that all of these, all of these are ways that we can both give and receive love to others. That's like God's love in us to others. We have to be able to lay all of those down and not just get like set in our ways and say, well, I don't receive love that way, but let God, like I almost see this surrendering because I mean, we had a fun conversation about it, right? And we're kind of joking about even, you know, physical touch, things like this. But God created all of these ways that we can express and receive love. And we realize, again, that like our sin nature, brokenness, how we were raised, all these kinds of different things kind of come in and they they, they cloud, they channel, they sort of build these walls or ways that I'm comfortable here, but I'm not comfortable here. And I really think part of loving God with all of our heart is being able to lay all of that down at the foot of the cross and just letting God's love again, wash over us, bring wholeness and healing to every aspect of our heart. Yes, of course, we're going to be drawn or maybe better at, or maybe more inclined to certain ways of expressing love. But I actually think there's this there's this space to tap into where actually no, like all of these ways are the beautiful, again, banqueting table that God has set out before us. I love so much the Corinthian scripture about the way of love. Like I love it. And a number of years ago, God gave me this word about how the way of love is God's provision for us. Very much like that, that picture you described last podcast about the banqueting table. The way of love is his provision. And all of those ways are the the aspects of that provision for every and any situation that we find ourselves in. And so part of me just thinks that loving God with all of our heart is being able to lay down every circumstance, every relationship, every 
desire in our heart, everything we want, be able to lay it down at the foot of the cross with our hands open and our hearts open, trusting God as Lord over all those things. And then as the Lord kind of puts things back into our hands, stewarding those things open-handedly with him as Lord over all. And I think that's part of the exchange, right? Mm -hmm. Because God has said, no, this is the provision I've given you all of these things. And, and, and I think we put up these walls and we say, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. Like, no, what you want me to do? You want me to have patience? Like you want me to give that person patience? Do you know how many times they have let me down? Do you know how many times they have, you know, or you want me to show kindness? Like, do you know how unkind they have been towards me? And it's like, these are my provisions, my provisions for the brokenness, for the pain, for the hurt, for like, these are my provisions to give you life in the midst of all of this brokenness that has come. And so, so that's part, I think of this beautiful exchange and loving God with all of your heart, being able to lay everything down at the foot of the cross. One of the questions I was thinking about was, you know, why do you think love is such a vulnerable thing like for us as humans why do you think it's so vulnerable because it like it really is like it is such a like a scary risky you know why like why do you think that is so yet god's call is love him with all your heart soul mind and strength like why is this such a vulnerable space for us as humans because i think to truly love or to be loved, you have to be fully known. And I think it has to come with like feeling safe, secure, trust, and think of how much of that is broken in our world, in our relationships, in our own, and we're talking personally, like all of us have those stories, all of us have those experiences, whatever it may look like, different degrees of safety being broken, betrayal, like the trust factor being broken, something was you shared was revealed to someone else in confidence. I think being known is why it's vulnerable because if you truly love, you let someone into not just a chosen, but a full, like you start to fully let someone in. Now there's definitely different, we've talked about different types of love in the Bible. Like we're not talking about like you love somebody, you let them into every area. You have, But we are talking about God though. But God's right? love, exactly letting the him perfect love. And letting him into every that's area. That's exactly, so like we're talking, right? that's exactly, so to make it very clear in our definition here, we're, we're talking about the love of God. You know, this is God's love to be fully known by God. And he wants us to know him. He wants to make himself known to us, but we have to make ourselves known to him. And oftentimes just back, we go right back to Eden where it was Jesus. God showed up in the garden looking for Adam. Where was he hiding? And he asked him, where are you? Where are you? And often we read that and it was like a punishment. Like, where are you? What have you done? No, God was looking for him. Where are you? God knew what had happened, but he wanted Adam to bring him into that space to, to confess. That's confession. It's not out of a fear of punishment. It's out of, I want to be known by you. I don't want to hide. You know it anyway, but I don't want to hide. It's about me hiding. It's not about God. He knows. But to be known in all ways by God. That's truly loving God. Being known. Being known. And I do. I I totally agree with you. I think that is why love is so vulnerable. It is the being known space because there are parts of every single one of us that we just don't want to be known. We don't want that to come yeah. um, to the surface. 
Um, you know, you've you'd been talking about this question, uh, you know, that you had talked about in in your life group with your friends that you were saying when your heart becomes known. Yeah, it goes public. When heart your goes, heart goes public, yeah. when your heart becomes known. And those spaces, they really are so vulnerable because all of a sudden, yeah. like what was hidden comes out to the surface and you're like, where did that come from? Yeah. And you realize, oh, that was inside of me. Yeah. That was inside of me. You know, um, Jason had said a powerful line in a message recently and he just talked about how like power does not corrupt people. It just exposes the corruption that was already inside. And mm. I thought, oh my goodness, that is so true. Like how true is it that certain scenarios it's not that they bring about corruption that actually it just exposes what is already on the inside. And so here's kind of a scary question. And I'm not sure if you're ready for this, but what would you be afraid? Like when you're spending time with the Lord, what would you be afraid for God to know, to be made known before God? Like what would be some of those spaces that you'd be like, oh. like, because I think sometimes, and I know for myself too, like I, I still can work hard not to let that part out. And then when I finally get to the space where I'm like, okay, here it is. Like here it is. Here's the being known part. Like recently I had this time with the Lord. and It was a time of just deep frustration with myself. Just like God, basically, honestly, it's the heart cry of Paul. Why do I do the things I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I can't seem to do this frustration of like the reality of my own lack, my own lack of discipline, my own lack of motivation, my own lack of, you know, I, or this idea of like, I want to be this person, but there's this chasm between getting to be this person. I can't seem to get there. And the honest truth is, I don't actually even want to do what it'll take to be that person. Like I don't. I completely identify with that. Absolutely. I don't. I just I just don't. I just can I just stay home and put my feet up and no. Like I don't want to do that. And I had this out with the Lord. Like I was literally like, God, I'm so frustrated. I just want to be here, but I don't want to do. I don't want to do what it takes to get there. <laughs> but it really was this beautiful surrender moment. Again, the surrender moment of laying my heart up before the Lord and just saying, okay, I recognize I don't have what it takes. I can't do it. So I need your help. Like I need your help to get there. I need your help every day to make wise decisions, to make good decisions with my time, to make good decisions with my health, with my body. I'm staying up too late. I'm not eating well. I'm doing all it, right? All of these things that then begin a cycle that. I can't do what I want to do, right? It's all of that. I'm busying my mind. I'm getting caught up in all of these details. I'm distracting myself. I'm shopping too much. I'm whatever, whatever it is, but it's all of these distractions that I'm putting up to and they're causing me not to do what I want to do, right? Oh my goodness. I literally opened my Bible app and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like 10 days. I haven't even read. Like I haven't read my Bible in 10 days. What? Do you know, so again, just got so caught up in all the busyness, in all the things, in all the details. We've got renovations going. We got this, we got that. That's when my heart comes up and that's the space often I don't want to be known in that space. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just try to busy myself through it, try to get to the other side, but get to the place where you realize I can't, 
I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't have what it takes. I honestly, if everything you're saying, I completely agree with. I wow. think that's been some of the recent struggles. And we've been talking a little bit about that. Even in September, it's been tough. Like it's been a real interesting season, but what it's not really tough. It's been exposing. It's a, a season where the Lord is exposing. It's not so much that it's external. It's like God's ex- exposing things internal. And I think that's the heart, the part I don't like to be known is actually, you know what, to be really truthful, I don't even know if I like just taking the time for that. It's not even, like I'm okay to dive into different things and to press in, but to take the time to just think about those areas and to do the hard work and to dig in. And those are not my favorite things to be known in. Because it actually is like having to go beyond works, beyond what's easy to busy, beyond. So have you articulated, Lord? I don't know if I could even articulate it better than you did. It's very similar. Like what you want to be, what you want to do, but you know the work that it takes to get there. And to be like, but I don't really want to do that. Ew. If you're really honest, right? Yeah, but I know that, wow, I really want that, but I don't want to do that. Wow. That I don't really want to deal with. (laughs) Totally. And then I've got to deal with like, what does that look like then? Like, yeah. do I then just settle? Yeah. Well. And it's actually really easy to just try to learn something new. We can even use the Bible in this way, right? Yeah. So we ingest like the knowledge, but we actually don't receive the heart transformation that's actually supposed to come. So we can literally be diving into the, the Bible, studying, digging in in all these places, but we're just getting knowledge, but we're avoiding the actual being known space that God is yeah. inviting us into in this loving God with all yeah. your heart. Yeah. This is, a, I think, the vulnerable part that we're being invited into, yeah. into this call. And what that is, like, except you're explaining it too, for those like listening, I think a good way of saying it is sometimes even listening like it's a listening piece like i'm good with praying i'm good with declaring good reading studying doing but to stop and listen and i don't always like so you know what even to articulate even greater i don't always like to be known that maybe what i want to do is not going to be the plan i don't really like that Mm. you know like when i actually stop and listen if god said no that's not at all that's not how i'm gonna do it and you're like but i've got a b c d and i want f and g yeah already to go (laughs) yeah like that's what i want that's where i want to go so to be known in my dreams can be scary because i don't want that to be messed with or my desires i don't want that to be messed with so actually if i even go deeper than that it's like what i want to be but what it takes to get there may not be the way i want to get there and the outcome may not be what i want what it's going to I can't even control that. So if I was to be actually, as we're even see, yeah. this is how we're processing no, on we're a processing podcast. It. Yeah. Just so you know, this is how it's happening. This is not prescripted. We're like walking it out with you. I think part of it is I don't want to be known in my dreams and desires because I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be resentful or bitter. And I actually want to control that still have some kind of hope that what I'm hoping that God like it's almost like control versus releasing it and anticipating a good father loves me doesn't withhold that if it doesn't work out like that it's because it's for my good God knows but there is a bit of that I think that would be a place I don't like to be known too much I don't want to be disappointed yeah I think that's what it comes down to one of the things that uh, some personalities, maybe not all, would struggle with when it comes to loving God with all of your heart is this aspect of feeling needy. 
mm. feeling like you and again it kind of plays into a little bit of the love languages you know how we give and receive love it's really fun or um exciting to give love to other people but sometimes a lot harder to be able to just sit in a posture of receiving love but how often does that actually translate in our relationship with God that especially for you and I who even our very vocation is doing a lot of things for God like that's like I know not everybody has that in their job so specifically even though I do believe everyone like has a ha, should have a mindset that everything you do is unto the Lord. It is, it is the same, but it doesn't feel the same. Like for us, it is very specifically for God, helping yep. people get to know God, helping shepherd them and and walk with them and all of that. And every everything we do and plan has to do with creating opportunities for people to come to know Jesus and grow in their relationship with God. So it feels like we do a lot for God. So it feels like we give a lot of love to God, but do we posture ourselves to then receive that love from God and actually embrace the fact that, no, we are absolutely needy, desperately broken without Christ, have absolutely nothing. So again, this constant wrestle and contrast of like giving and receiving, giving and receiving and recognizing our own neediness before the Lord. It's, it's no joke. It's a really hard and really vulnerable space when it comes to this part, the heart space of loving God. It is, it is complicated because, you know, we, we don't actually own our lives. There's this false conception, like, and that's the struggle. Like when yeah. we're talking about here, this is the struggle yeah. that we're, what it comes right down to it is that we want to be God, small G God. We don't want to need anything. We want to be powerful, self-infused ourselves to control, to take care of business, to be able to make things happen the way they want them to happen. And that struggle is letting God in to say, you know what, at the end of the day, yeah, I may ha- be disappointed. I may be hurt. I may have to work this through. Like there's, th- we're not denying that there's emotions in that heart space too, that you have to work through. You don't just deny it. But at the end of the day, there is an intentional choice to say, I no longer live, but you live. I get off the throne of my life. You're on my throne. You're on the throne of that relationship. You're on the throne of that unmet dream or desire, that disappointment. You're on the throne of all things. But there is that wrestle. That is that wrestle. And that's why like the surrender is what God wants because it comes with a cost. It comes with a price. And it's something that he, we have to give. We have to open our hands to. And so I love how even we've been authentic today to say like these are some of the things we have to lay down. It's not just like we said, it's just over. It's a contending. It's a real contending space. The heart is a wicked space. And we need the light of God, but our flesh is wicked. So it's our flesh. That's where sin gives birth. It's We always think it's the devil. It's outside. Like you said, even the corruption, it's all from within. So that darkness, every moment of every day is trying to dominate. So the wrestle, and it looks different from what that looks like. Different seasons. There's things I struggled with more in certain seasons. Other things have flared up, but you know what? All that stuff was there. So really it's that contending for light to, to God to dominate because his light breaks it. But our flesh, whew, 
It is a crouching, constant darkness that wants to take over and destroy. Always. So that's the fight. Like we're talking about that internal fight. So that really, as we're talking about loving God with all our heart, it's God saying like, you have to die. (laughs) Really loving God with heart saying, you die so I can live in you, which is actually life. But if you don't die, if you don't surrender, if you don't love me with all your heart and love yourself, you're choosing darkness. You're choosing and all that darkness brings. But if we choose God and we choose life, we choose all that he brings, the bounty. But it is a struggle because the darkness is way what we feel and want. It's the will. It's the will. And I think that's why the surrender is so important because again, the scriptures say the heart is deceitfully wicked. So there's this deceitful nature to, we can easily be deceived and caught up in all of what this looks like and think, oh no, what I have in my heart is from God. We can really deceive ourselves, which is why I think surrender is such an important part. We must surrender every single day. We must surrender to what God Um, has already provided for us and also all of our desires and all that we have, everything our day holds, a surrender, a laying down and saying, God, if this is what you have for me, like open the door, let me walk in what you have already provided for me. So that again, we were constantly placing Jesus as Lord in our lives. All right. The last question for today, as we kind of wrap up this conversation about dealing with some of the aspects of our heart and loving God with all of our heart is what would you say might be blocking the love of God, either from you receiving it or again, in order for you to love others? What might be blocking? What might be a block or a barrier? Uh, That's an easy one for me. Pride. Pride. Everything comes down to stinking pride. I I promise you in my life, everything's about pride. Wow. Really? Wow. I want my way. Done my way, my will. No better. I know better. I don't need it. Wow. I'm independent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fine on my own. I got this. Oh gosh. Yeah. And yeah. that's the part. Ugh. Yeah. That's the yuck. That's the yuck. It's pride. It's pride. So. I mean, I do believe that every sin is rooted in pride. Oh, yeah. I think it all starts it all starts and all roots in pride. Um, so I do, I do agree that it, for me, probably though, independence, mm-hmm. like just, just a hyper independence, a self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. And I think I just, I constantly have to lay that down and remind myself, no, no, like I need yeah. God more yeah. than I could ever, ever, ever imagine. And, and he loves me so much and he loves to lavish mm-hmm. me with a banqueting table of provision mm-hmm. every single day for everything that I have need of. There's enough. And it's so interesting as I, as I talked about that rant that I had with the Lord, where I literally was just like, God, I am so frustrated with myself. I am I like, I I'm just frustrated with myself. I'm just, you know, I, and I lay it all down and I'm just coming clean about all of it. And I'm just laying it down. Literally God just infused me with an empowerment of his spirit as I got up and walked in what I did not have before that moment. Like it, it was such, now I didn't feel it. I didn't, I didn't feel something happen in the moment, but as I got up and just began to take steps, all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, the provision was there. The provision was there more than I could have ever, 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 ever imagined. And so you don't necessarily feel it, but there is 
again, a partaking of the provision, a taking a bite and saying, wow, God, because of your grace, because of Jesus, I receive this today. And so again, as we learn to love God with all of our heart, this is, I think, the space that God wants us to lean into. I love that. And I think a, a, a question for you to ask yourself today is to write, you know, exactly what you asked yourself. Where am I not? Where am I holding back from being known by God? Where is that area? Just sit down and just think about it. What am I afraid to be known? Like for God to actually say out loud to God or to just acknowledge where am I afraid to be known by God? And what are some barriers? Like what is the barrier? You know, because they are linked you know, they are linked together. And so just doing a little bit of that self heart assessment is yeah. really, really helpful because the heart, it will go public. It's there. And so just, I'm always like, I want to get ahead it's of that. Inside. It's already there. It's I want to get ahead and nip that. that. Yeah, it's but so it's true. There. Just want to get ahead. And that's like the beautiful. It. Yeah. And that's a beautiful part of repentance and confession. Yeah. yeah it yeah. really is about yeah. going to that heart before it goes public and dealing with the root now, like continually getting yeah. to it. Cause it's like when you're, if you have nice, beautiful grass, how easy is it to grow weeds? Like I, I'm always in awe of how f my weeds flourish and my grass dies. Honestly, I, I'm always like, how do they put up with yeah. everything? You have to use the hardest chemical. They can live through the drought, the drought, they can live through, they just go. So true. Guess out of our heart. The weeds will flourish. flourish. You yeah. gotta keep getting in there and pulling them out every yeah. day because they're just gonna every take day. over. Yes. And uh, anyway, that's powerful. That's powerful. Okay, so a couple more reflection questions for from this session today. Loved it. A couple. Uh, touched on a couple. What does it mean to love God with all of your heart? Take some time and just think about that. Maybe write some things down. What does it really mean to love God with all of your heart? And why is love so vulnerable for you? Why is it so vulnerable for you? Where are these and where are you vulnerable and susceptible to, um, you know, maybe being hurt or maybe where you have walls of protection up? Why is love so vulnerable for you? What are you afraid for God to know about you? And I think this is a good one to sit in and, and write it down. What are you afraid for God to really know, to be revealed? It's already there and he already knows it and he loves you anyways. But it's so good to get in touch with that. And the last one, what are some areas of your life that you're afraid to be needy before God? What what would some of those spaces be that you're actually afraid to say, like, God, like I really do need you? As you're getting in touch with both of these spaces, think about that, reflect on that, take some time to write about that, and let God, again, reveal his unconditional love to you as we together learn to love God with all of our hearts. Thanks so much for being with us today. It's been awesome to connect with you and we hope this has been helpful. And we, we honestly encourage you to take some time this week to, to dig into this.